Hey, it's Chris Jones with The Jones Zone, and I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Hey, real quick, before we get started, I have a favor to ask. If you've listened to the podcast before, or if you enjoy the episode you're about to hear, please like the podcast on social media, and please leave a review. Having listeners like and review the podcast is the fastest way for it to grow and reach more people, and we really want to share our stories with the biggest audience possible. Thank you. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Jones Own Real Estate Team. That's right. We sponsor our own podcast. So if you know of anyone looking to buy, sell, rent, or invest in residential real estate in the Charlotte, Fort Mill, Rock Hill area, have them connect with us on their favorite platform. Enjoy the show. It's Chris and Brian Jones, your real estate advocates, community connectors, talking Charlotte and York County area real estate, and interviewing business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast, aka the House of Jones. How are you today, Brian? I'm doing well, aka the house that Jones built. I don't. We're going back to that because I we we were talking about that before you recorded, and you just kind of threw me on the spot with the house of the house that Jones built. What if you go back to some of the episodes? I guarantee you that you said that on there. I don't know which episode it was, and I wouldn't dare challenge you to listen to all 105. But okay, you said that at one point. Okay. The house that Jones built. I don't know what that's from. Maybe from AJ Styles. The house that AJ Styles built. Or yeah. something. You watch wrestling, Aaron? I don't watch wrestling. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. How can anyone not watch professional wrestling? I don't know. I don't know. You watch sports, though. All the time. And you don't watch professional wrestling. I don't get wrestling. that. Do you? No. And quite honestly, I don't have time to associate with people who don't watch <laughs> professional wrestling. <laughs> do we... Do we... Add, who... Which one of us should ask Aaron to leave? Should it... I think you should. I, I, I'll do it. You do it. You no, do it. no, no. Kidding. All right. We're kidding. Today we are here with Aaron Dodge, who is the director of brand management at the Littlefield Company. The Littlefield Company is a team of digital storytellers that storyboards and shoots photos and videos for web and social media with purpose, intention, and strategy. Telling your brand's story is the dream. And that's, they have good videos on there. I've checked yeah, out the website. Yeah. Really he good. also works for the Charlotte Sh- Charlotte the Charlotte Hornets. It's like a New York accent, the Charlotte Hornets. Yo, yo, I work for the Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets uh, as a game operations manager. So, Aaron, welcome to the Jones Zone, man. Thank you. What Thanks does a game operations me. manager? We'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll, we'll get into we'll it. We'll, we'll, yeah. yeah. So, brief introduction out of the way. Tell us a little bit about your personal story, some of your professional background, and then how you got into doing all this cool stuff with Littlefield. Oof. Like I said before, do you want the do you want the five minute or do you want the twenty minute? Uh, Let's do the six minute. Maybe eight. Yeah, six to eight. Six to eight. Uh, originally from upstate New York, uh, parents really were smart and said after I graduated high school, we're moving south. So uh, they live in Columbia, and I visited a school in Myrtle Beach called Coastal Carolina. Yes, and realized I really wanted to go there because it's nine minutes from the beach. And so I uh, went to college there, studied marketing, and uh, after college, I uh, got an, an internship with the New Orleans Hornets in New Orleans, and... Doing marketing stuff? 
yeah, just basic basic game presentation stuff. So still what I'm still to what I'm doing to this day, but in the intern intern form from rolling t-shirts to setting up props, picking contestants, all that kind of stuff. The the nitty-gritty. Yeah. The nitty-gritty stuff that people really don't understand. The 14-hour days. Chris was the intern for the Charlotte Knights. Yeah. And so you work all you work the business day and then you got to stay for the game. Correct. You're in a four-game homestand or back-to-back nights. It's a grind, man. I appreciate the work. The arenas are always, like, climate-ready and, like, at a certain temperature. You're working in, oh, like, 90, 96 yeah. degrees in the middle of summer. Yeah. 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 Oh, I never had to do that. You're but. stuck with the same. It's like being at camp or something in a weird way for the baseball season. Because you stuck with the same people? Yeah, like, like like I said, you'd show up at 8.30, work the business day. It's a weird, it's a weird summer camp. Yeah, and then, it, so it's 5, 5.30, you got the game at 7, so everybody just kind of... You're sweating through every yeah, yeah, bit of clothing just, you oh, have. It's just, the games get over at 10, 10.30. Oh, uh, then you're back at it the next day. Then you're back day. at it the next oh, morning. Oh, that is rough. That is awful. So, yeah, it's, it's sorry, man. There's ahead. very few back-to-backs in the NBA, yeah, so that's, yeah, what, that's, 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 why, that's why I like it, but... Um, in, intern in New Orleans got a, uh, was bumped up to a full time intern the the season after uh, moved up to Minnesota worked for the Minnesota Timberwolves and the world champion Minnesota Lynx WNBA you go. gotta give them a shout out because they're dynasty those are my girls um, and then from there moved back to Charlotte in uh, 2013 uh, went a different avenue with with multiple jobs but then um, had a relationship with the folks at the Charlotte Hornets and so. Worked, uh, still work game nights with the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, got a good W last night, so um, still doing that for the Charlotte Hornets in the same sort of role, just a part-time game night role in that sense. But from there, I've worked uh, with multiple brands in Charlotte, and then uh, about a year ago, I started working with a, a, mar- a small marketing firm com- called Arthur Elliott Marketing Group, and then at the end of this year, stepped away from that, and now I work uh, as director of brand management for Littlefield Company. So. All over the place. Yeah. So you guys specialize in like uh, videos and photography. Is that part of your background too in marketing, or was or was your background more of like a sales and strategy type thing? So from a from a game presentation standpoint, that's everything in the NBA that you everything that you see and do once you come into the arena. So that's anything from music to the dancers to the mascot to anything that goes up on the video board. So from a video board standpoint. I've shot multiple videos that have been shown in arena. Not myself, we always have a video team, but I directed and, you know, the mascot's going to do a Christmas skit and he's, yeah. you know, something like that. Or if we're shooting something with the players, if you ever see like a player, you know, the player tells you the top five movies that he likes and he's on camera, I was always behind directing that. Oh, okay. So I've always been around video and enjoyed video in that sense. And so. I have an eye for it. I don't actually shoot with with a little field company. I don't shoot video or photography right now. I just do our you know our branding and business development and social media. Um, but we have a, a great team of videographers and photographers that that do all that. Were you the mastermind behind Cody all of Cody Zeller's uh, country music lyrics videos? I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think is because we we go to a bunch of games and uh, there's been a few times with the players on the screen. And I was trying to think of one, but it was, yeah, it was Cody, Cody, Cody Zeller. Yeah, or the other players couldn't. They're like, is that really a lyric or no? <laughs> so let's talk about some of the fun stuff at basketball games, like the kiss cam. Yeah. Uh, what what else? What what else do you guys do? 
there's the dance off the type the dancing type of stuff yep. like yep we do give us a little bit of behind the scenes on that how oh, do you guys gosh scour the audience it's, it's really it's really funny the behind the scenes and is is really the most fun part of of the job i mean for for nine seasons it was my job to think of what's the funniest way for us to you know do a birthday shout out with the mascot what's the funniest way that we that kevin love up in minnesota can give away coats so we did like i went to um i went to the thrift store and bought like four like four xl coats and like michael beasley and Wes johnson like all like modeled off these oh, nice. <laughs> these coats so that Kevin Love can can do a coat drive for the kids of Minnesota. So it's really sitting back and thinking about what's the best way that you can be along with the brand, but also what's going on in pop culture. That's the that's when you're gonna start getting like nowadays you're gonna start getting that viral video is when you're when you're going along with like pop culture. Um so back, one of my favorite stories slash uh, fun ways in which we incorporated that. So the the Harlem Shake was like blowing, yeah, was yeah. blowing up. I think it was like February of yeah, like 2012. Yeah. So that's funny that you say that. So the Heat did it, but before the Heat even dropped theirs, we shot one because we were about to play the Heat. So we said, what would be the best way to do? To, to do the Harlem Shake. And my boss and I were just like, my boss and I were over it. We're like, this it's the same thing, the music drops, there's more people in the video than there was before the music drops and everybody's just going crazy. I was like, we're over it. Yeah. So why don't we put somebody in a heat jersey and when the beat is supposed to drop, Crunch, the mascot for the Timberwolves, comes in with a baseball bat and whacks this guy. And we were gonna air it at the heat game. So we shoot it on Wednesday, Friday, the heat dropped theirs and we're like come on like we had this like <laughs> legendary oh, wow. idea but the the funny thing was the fact that the heat did it elevated yeah. like ours so some people probably were just like oh the timberwolves saw that the heat did this video and then they went and shot this but i obviously know that we shot it before theirs even dropped but we definitely rode their coattails and the other funny thing was that we had a miscommunication on who our actor was going to be in it so it had to, it had to be. <laughs> so I'm in a motorcycle. I have a motorcycle helmet on and a and a heat jersey and the and the and crunch. Uh, the mascot comes through and hits me. And last time I checked, it's like 8.3 million views on YouTube. Dang. dang. So that's the funny stuff that we get to. How like, often do you guys get roped into stuff like that? I mean, you try to find audience participants, right? For correct. The most part. Yeah, yeah. That was a fluke and in all honesty, the only reason that my boss allowed me to do it is because I wore a, a motorcycle helmet. Yeah. Like if I'm I don't get involved with too much going on in the in uh the in arena stuff because people see me with a headset on and they know that I work for for the Yeah. For the How'd you team. like living in Minnesota? Loved it. Minnesota seems like it'd be an awesome place to How live. How long were you up there? Dude, it, it, got, it got some crazy snow this week. How long yeah. were you up there? Three years. Three years. From what, 2010 to 13? Yep. Hmm. So, yeah. The funny thing is, this is like one of my favorite quotes from living up in Minnesota. You don't, you haven't really lived until you get brain freeze from like cold air on your forehead. Like people <laughs> think like, oh, brain freeze. It's like when you eat too much ice cream. 
if you like forgot a hat and it's like negative yeah. 20 and it's so cold on your forehead that you get brain freeze that's you you've you've we uh we grew up in south dakota so we we would like we would have to wear ski masks to the bus stop you yeah. know like ski masks we were either a going to school or b planning a heist of the shop at <laughs> of the, of the planning to rob the bx mom had to like drive us around in, in the minivan to go trick-or-treating and yeah stuff. she'd like like we'd drive two houses all right get out go we'd run up to the doorstep and then come <laughs> back <laughs> to the van <laughs> run out there for smarties get out of here man and then, did you did you have to plug your car up when you lived there no i very strategically made sure that i um had underground parking. Oh man, we used to have to crawl under. I don't know if Brian did. I don't know if of course, ever... I did. Yeah, I had to go. My dad had this old suburban, and we had to like plug it up at night. So we had to take this huge orange extension cord, <laughs> crawl under the hood or whatever it was, and plug it up, and then plug it into the house. It was a it was disastrous. Make but... sure the battery didn't die in the morning. That was terrible. You had to get underneath the car. Yeah, yeah, like some sort of mechanic, mechanic or something. Or something. <laughs> My hands Ugh. all dirty. It was awful. Yeah, what I tell people when I was living in New Orleans, everybody that I had, you know, I so I got the job offer and I was like, "Tell me about Minneapolis. Is it good? Like what? Like what?" Everyone said, "If you can handle the cold, you should." So go. this is post Katrina, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. So you're living in New Orleans after that? Yes. Were you there for that? No, I was a year and a half after. Oh, okay. So yeah, it was pretty crazy to go down to New Orleans and. Still see like exes on houses and stuff. Oh uh, yeah, I bet. I was. I had multiple friends that I made once I got there that were affected. Some people lost their homes. Some people, um, you know, rebuild right where they were. Where they were. Some people had moved to safer areas and yeah. stuff like that. So, pretty Jeez. nice. So yeah, you. Sorry, I interrupted, but you you were in. You started asking people what it was like to move to Minnesota. Is that what you say? Yeah, yeah. And everybody said if you can handle the cold and the snow, you should go. And I'm from upstate New York, so that was a no. That was a no brainer. Yeah. And I actually really enjoyed it um, because, like I was telling you, with the underground parking with my car, therefore my car was always could be started easily. And I lived in an apartment complex, so I didn't have to shovel anything. And I also lived six blocks away from the arena, so I walked to work every day. So every pain point that yeah. comes along with living up north, which is scraping your car, starting your car, uh, um, shoveling your driveway, and driving on an interstate with a bunch of other people when it's you know so jam-packed in traffic, all four of those factors that is why you people hate living in, where there's snow was all gone because I lived close enough to the arena and I had all this kind of stuff. So it took people an hour and a half to get to work days and it always took me 15 minutes because I walked to work every day. It was just obviously if it was negative yeah. 15, I would make sure that I walked in the Skyway. But the Skyways are amazing. The fact that it's like I can go from one end of the city to another one and not even go outside is amazing. I've never heard of that. Have you? Um, so there's a, there's a few in Charlotte. Yeah, I think yeah, I've seen a couple in Charlotte. It, it's a, it's kind of like the BX at, at at South Dakota, when they had the old BX and then the new BX, and there was like this glass tunnel. Remember that? Yeah. You connect it, but it's this always is like just one above level it. above yeah. ground. Yeah. And it's basically like just connects buildings. Yeah, I've seen I've seen some of those in Charlotte. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, now, I imagine you had to interact with cheerleaders at some point. Did you have the same problem that Brian had where, like, he had a couple that were, like, super into him and couldn't 
they would stalk him, quote unquote. And that's what you were saying. I want to hear more about this. Oh, you don't want to hear about this. It's just you know, it's just you know. A couple of them fell in love with you, or yeah, something weird. but you know, it's it's it, it's it gets to the point where they they they're, they were stalking me. My so no, I'm just kidding. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had Celia on talking about the dance team. Brian was like, "Hey, we tell Melissa to stop calling me." I forget what the name he used. I just, yeah, it was probably. I'm pretty. Sure, I remember listening to that part, and I was like. Oh, thank God there's no Melissa on the team. Yeah, there's I know, no, right? Yeah, I know, no right? That team. could have been bad. All right, so talk about how you transitioned out of basketball, even though you're still in it part-time, mm-hmm. and got into videos and creative and all that different type of stuff, and now you're with Littlefield. So how did all that kind of take place? I mean, did you kind of get your fill with sports entertainment? or? Yeah, so I, I wanted to... I mean, my degree is in marketing. I wanted to step away from the full-time uh, sports arena. I love being part of it on a game night standpoint. I got a great relationship with everybody at the Hornets. I still have a great relationship with the NBA. Um, last last season, I or last summer, I actually went to South Africa and worked uh, at what they call the Africa NBA Africa game, which is a bunch of players from around the United around the entire world and uh, and some players from African descent, and they played a, a game in Johannesburg. Cool. Mm. So, um, out of the out of the NBA game from a full time role, but I'm still still kind of in there. Um, I love marketing and I love branding. That's what I, it's what I did when I when I got to college, and I stepped. I I can't really say I stepped away from it because marketing and branding is in everything that I've done in the NBA. I'm not I'm not buying ads. I'm not you know, marketing our new season packages and stuff like that. But what we do in arena is in a sense, marketing and branding from, from top to bottom, from, like I said, from the dancers to the mascot, to the video board, to music and in arena. So, but I, I was looking to step out and do that from a, from a full-time role. So that's when I moved into uh, the marketing role that I took, that I took last year. Um, we were a small company in, in Charlotte, like I said, called Arthritic Marketing Group. They worked um, mostly with Napa Auto Parts. So they do, they held different territories throughout the U.S. and did, um, you know, took their budgets and then deployed that throughout all of the stores in each territory from, you know, my territories were Idaho and Alaska, stuff like that. So um, really enjoyed doing that, really enjoyed working in the ad agency scene and then, um, I've always enjoyed, like I said, branding. So personal branding, like I do on social media. and You do and a really like, good job at, at branding on social media, by the way. Uh, thank you. A, a, apart from your awesome dance moves and everything <laughs> like that, which I'm jealous of, how important, or how important is branding for business and personal? Huge. It's, it's, I feel like I feel like when I talk and I get excited about the stuff, I end up using like ninety-seven percent of what Gary Vaynerchuk says because that's probably my. Okay, so who's Gary Vaynerchuk for the people listening who don't know who he is? There might be one or oh, two. Oh gosh, people. Gary Vaynerchuk is—he hates to be called this, but he, they consider him a social media guru. But he basically took his dad's wine company um, from I think like ten million to. A crazy, a crazy number, but he basically was on YouTube before anybody was on YouTube doing wine shows about uh, what wines he liked, what wines he didn't like, and then from there it took off. Now he's now he's gained, grown his his personal brand. He's wrote five or six books, and now he owns uh, Vayner Media and Vayner Sports, and he is 
just absolutely crushing the branding and personal branding content. He should write a book called Crushing It because he's obviously crushing it, right? Yeah. I think it just came out. I think, it, yeah. <laughs> I think I pre-ordered it, so hopefully it's coming. Actually, wow, today's like, okay. It so probably is the day. I got, ex- I got excited because so, it's, uh, it's coming soon. But Gary yeah. Vaynerchuk is basically the reason why we're doing a podcast right now. Um, he was on. He was speaking at Inman Conference, which Inman is like a huge real estate conference, like the biggest real estate conference they have. Okay. And he was he was a keynote speaker at the Inman Conference, and one of the real estate agents asked him, you know, if you were an agent, what would you do in today's uh, real estate market to stand out? And he he pulled out his phone. He's like, I would be the digital mayor of my town. That's my Gary Vee impression. He goes, <laughs> I would interview every restaurant owner, every principal, every school teacher. And basically, that's, that's what we're doing. And uh, so Gary Vaynerchuk is is really, he's the real deal. He's the real deal with branding yeah. and marketing. So check him, I mean, for everybody on here, check him out. Gary Gary V on, on Instagram and Twitter and uh, his YouTube is Daily V's. I don't go a day without watching them. So um, personal branding and, and how you brand yourself and your business is, is the, it's the only way, it's the only way to go these days. Um, you're basically the CEO of yourself, and if you're if you want to be if you want to put yourself out there, you have a medium in which you can do that. Your cell phone is like it's it's the biggest game changer that our mankind's ever seen. So the fact that I can put out a video and people can see it, the fact that you guys can put out a podcast and have listeners coming from I'm guessing that there's multiple states, possible multiple countries listening to your podcast. We're looking to get multiple counties. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We do have multiple countries, but that's probably because you're friends with people all over the world because your Air Force connections. But hey, anyways, it is it is what it is. So, work. so yeah, the and the biggest thing over the last probably twelve months that I've really taken from Gary Vanchuk is self awareness. I mean, I, I'm going to sit here and tell you that I'm like vegetarian. I'm 31. I'm single. I work in the NBA. I like to dance in front of my mirror on Instagram every morning. And when I wake up every morning, the only thing that is really like, obviously my job is my job, but the only thing really on my mind is how can I inspire someone today? How can I make somebody laugh today? And how can I, well, you made me laugh this morning, by the way. So okay, well then, <laughs> my day's done. My day is so done. I, I can just pack it up and go. <laughs> pack home, it up so. and go. Watch TV. You're done. Yeah. And ultimate goal for for me currently is uh, to get on the Ellen Show in some sense. The Ellen Show. Yeah. It'll 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 happen. We can make I, that happen. I, for I really you. feel like it's gonna happen. And the funny thing Chris is, Chris and I use our connections. Just the way, it's just the way the internet works. You're only one video away. So I always keep putting out content that's really making. I don't want to say fans, but my followers and family. Well, I, obviously, my family is like mom's. Like my mom's. Like, why did you just post that? Yeah, that'd be like my, uh, yeah. I, you know, I don't think you it, should have posted that, it, Brian. It makes it makes Thanksgiving. And I'm Christmas branding really, myself. Really fun when uh, mom's like, you know, you, you, you know, you didn't really have to post that. So I keep all of the stuff that she would question on Instagram. Sorry, mom. Yeah, <laughs> but um, so you're a vegetarian. Yes. Is it? Is it because you're an animal lover, or is it health reasons? Why you why what did you choose? So two years ago, it started out with uh, a previous girlfriend who had some health issues, and so we decided um, watch a couple of documentaries and decided that it would be the best route for us to go to go vegetarian for her. We got two weeks into it, we both felt amazing, and obviously she was she was like, you know, you don't you don't have to do this for me, um, but I was like, I feel amazing, so I'm gonna keep keep riding the train. Um, from there. It transitioned from both how I'm feeling to also animal um, activism in, in some sense. 
Um, so I've kind of, you know, really come into my own as far as like figuring out what works for me. I think everybody's different. Um, I have, you know, I'm intolerant to gluten too and, and I'm lactose intolerant. So it's actually really not, um, that big of a challenge for me. In it's that almost yeah, necessary. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's necessary in that, almost in that sense. So, um, no, and there's a great there's a great vegan vegetarian community in Charlotte as well. I mean we I mean back in the summer we got together and there was like thirty five of us had like a vegan potluck and stuff like that. There's great restaurants like Luna's Living Kitchen and See, Star. I could do vegetarian. I couldn't do vegan. Okay. Cause vegan you can't have butter, right? No butter, no eggs. See see I yeah, I could do vegetarian. I I I, I could I could, could think you I, could No, you I could probably really <laughs> I love how Aaron said that. Could, could you, though? you though? I would like to think I could do vegetarian, but vegan would be just too much. I, I, I couldn't give up buttermilk. Not forever. Yeah. It's a lifestyle, right? That's what I'm saying. You could do it. I mean, you could do it for like a couple days or a week or something. But you I could, could do it forever. Well, I could do, do what? You should do a week. You should do vegetarian for a week. Probably go vegetarian or vegan for a week. But... Think I could do it? You think I could do vegetarian for a week? <laughs> you think face. I could do it? You bet no, me. No, I'm not going to bet you anything. What are you talking about? I'll bet you. Bet you gonna bet me? <laughs> Ten bucks says I can. Starting when? Because I got I just bought like. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here this we not, go. This I, just, goes. I just spent fifty bucks on groceries yesterday. On, you bought some steaks and stuff. And I bought sandwiches. You know I, I don't want to throw that away. I bought sandwiches. <laughs> I bought sandwich. <laughs> That's not me. I bought bologna and hot dogs. I don't want to waste prime meat. <laughs> hey Aaron, what's the difference between branding and marketing in your opinion? Or is there one really? I mean, there is one. But, I mean, I see them as as one and the same. I mean, marketing to me is more uh, more so of of where you're deploring deploying your brand, branding, and then branding is is what your actual voice is. Um, so that's what we. So I would not really put the Littlefield Company into the into the marketing bucket. We like to say that we're you know brand storytellers, but we can also be an arm to your marketing department. Mm-hmm. So if, if there's anybody out there listening is like, oh, we already have a marketing team. We don't need Littlefield Company. I mean, it's, it's not that sense. We'll, we'll come in. We had, you know, we've already had a lot of meetings since I, since I came on in January and we're, we're just letting people know that we're here to support you. Just like Gary Vaynerchuk says, content is king right now. So if you're not doing, if you're not taking high resolution photos and shooting video of some sort, it doesn't even really matter if it's from your phone or with us, obviously, if you want a high, you know, a high level video, you can use that through us. But you're basically that's what you need in 2018. I mean, that's what you needed in 2015, 16, 17, yeah. and 18. But there's still people that, you know, that I see a brand and I'm like, you know, I really like that brand. You know, like that X company is doing great things. They're in Charlotte. They've been around for a year. They make X product. They're doing a really good job. Of let's say making that product or being successful in that product but how are they telling their story maybe right. they're maybe they source all of their x product from um you know from in north carolina instead of outsourcing it to china well that's a great story that we need to tell so how are you telling that story if nobody knows that you're local and that you keep your brand local then you're you're not capitalizing you're on, missing out you're missing out yeah. on the ability to capture that story and tell that story because how you tell your story is is 
is how you sell your brand. And sense. people buy things from people they know, like, and trust. And having that story and having yeah. that, that brand come out, and it just helps out tremendously. Look at, look at Tom's shoes. You know, Tom's shoes. Everybody knows that they donate a pair for every pair that you buy. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also a couple other companies. What, what I want to say, this could be wrong, but is there a Bob's shoes or something? There's like, there's like a, a competitor that looks like Tom's, but it never took off. Because their story wasn't there. People know and like and trust Tom's. They know what Tom's is all about. Yeah. So, yeah. Are people, when you meet with potential clients, are they hesitant to share their story? Or do they feel like it's a, it's a great strategy and they're all about it? Hesitant to tell us their story? Yeah, and just to share it. I mean, like, we, we feel the exact same way that, that you do in terms of storytelling and exposing who you are I mean that's part of the reason that we do this podcast and mm-hmm. it's actually the phrasing that we use when we ask people if they want to come on you know do you want to share your story and why you do what you do and how you got there but some people aren't always comfortable with that I mean what are some of the what are some of the challenges you guys see in it's, terms of getting people out of their comfort zone I think a lot of people don't, don't want to be vulnerable in business 100% yeah 100% it's just like it. it's our job it's funny because it's our job. It's kind of like we're on a date with the with the client. We we need they don't necessarily want to tell that to us, but it's asking the right questions to get that out of them. It's just you know, um, we're working with a company and uh, he gets his it's for a a product for plantar fasciitis and he gets his molds from Huntersville and it took us within like three meetings in order to understand that that's where he gets his mold made. That, I mean, that's great. He can get these made cheaper overseas or in another state, but he's getting them made here in Huntersville. And it's, it's, um, it's like I said, it's asking the right questions. And it doesn't mean that we're gonna, we're gonna get that storyline out of him the first time. That's why we really enjoy being a marketing arm to the marketing team. We're going to meet with our clients anywhere from two to five times before we even pick up a camera. That's just how we work. We want to know that when we come in to a certain company that we know that they like, they're going to want the lighting to be like this because that falls in with their brand or they're going to want to, um, you know, they're going to want to shoot the CEO because he's a better public speaker than the CFO. So it's, it's just understanding what their needs are. And we, we really pride ourselves in the end result of when we give the product to a client, it's our goal from, from day one that they don't give us any edits. If we send a one minute video to a client, we should already know what they want, what they want to see, what kind of music they want, what kind of lighting they want, all because of the extra time that we're taking to actually meet with them and understand their story. So we really pride ourselves in, um, in making sure that we can deliver that to the client. I think our Duncan, our CEO, he got asked a question. I'm having some trouble like really understanding this whole like edit thing. Like when a, when a client sends back an edit, like how do you how do you take that? Do you stand up for like how you edit? And he's like, over the last six months, we've really had no edits come back on any of our videos because we know the brand and how they want to tell their story so much before we even like I said before we pick up a camera that that's yeah that's the way that we do it. You know what else I think I think people downplay their story too. Like, you know, I don't, I'm not interesting. I don't have, you know, I right. just, I started this company, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, why'd you start it? 
And you know, if you start asking questions, well, yeah, you know, I lost my step, you know, I lost my dad when when I was younger, and you know, he and I used to go fishing together, and I just remember the the bait. So then I wanted to start the, you know, that's just a silly example, but it's no. like, no, dude, you have a story behind your company and your brand, man. So go with it. Everybody can everybody can tell their story, but but some people don't want to, which is fine. But some people also don't <clears throat> understand that their story is compelling to begin with, like. Like you just said, like that that guy might have a bunch of friends where he's like, yeah, I'm gonna start a bait company because me and my dad used to fish. And they're like, oh, that's cool. But everybody else think that that's just awesome. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you went all in on bait because you and your dad <laughs> exactly. used to fish every Saturday, and that's yeah. how, like, that's what that's the type of stuff that you really under need to you know need to know and understand. I always tell the story. Um, one of my favorite Shark Tank people of all time I, I can't remember when it was but it's just it was this farmer and he made teepees yeah, for plants. yeah, this? yeah that was he a made good teepees one. for plants and basically the water you know when the water shoots up into the air it goes everywhere but he made a teepee for the plant so therefore when the water hits this teepee it falls directly where the plant needs to be grown therefore plants are growing percentage more blah blah blah, blah. and he just started like crying like mm. right in front of all of the sharks and it's just like i really want this because you know I, I it doesn't matter about me like i want the farmer in idaho that i've never met before to yield better crops because it's better for him and if if i make a little bit of money with these teepees then i'll be okay and some like one of the sharks just gave him exactly yeah, what he was, was asking a guest for. shark too it was uh i can't remember who it was but uh yeah he basically stood up and said i'll, I'll do it with you and ironically enough, I think it was his. I think his dad passed away, and he was trying to carry that on because it was him and his dad's invention. And he shared a story about how he went onto a farm and put the covers on this woman's trees, and they had like a big frost, and those those two trees that he put the thing on were the only ones that didn't die. And she was like, "I want a thousand of them or something." He was just like, "Oh wow!" So that was crazy. We we need to Google him and see see what's up with that company. No, he's he's probably killing it. But it's just it was just amazing for him to get. I don't even like. He didn't think he was going to get a deal, or yeah. like he didn't like he just. He was just. Like, like, he was like a not not. I'm not. This isn't a slight in the least, but he was like a simple dude, you know. He's so like, simple. Yeah, he's like, like a farmer, just kind of. Still probably had a flip almost phone. naive a little bit, yeah. And then it, it was like, dude, you're sitting on a gold mine with this, and you just all you're really doing is trying to help people. Yeah, um, that's the thing. He just wanted to help people, and he didn't. Tree he, TP now in 2008 after Shark yeah, Tank. Yeah, that's him. After Shark Tank update. Prior to the appearance on <coughs> Shark Tank, tree TP was relatively unheard of. Few farmers used it, and those that did were mostly local to the vending area. J Johnny George's, the owner of tree TP, has come to Shark Tank looking for increased funding to expand his business. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. Oh, that kind of summer. Twenty-five thousand gap weight to eight hundred gap. Um, we'll get into that later. But <laughs> you read it and then let yeah. us know. <laughs> That's like summarizing the episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. John Paul was. We'll, the we'll figure. We'll yeah. figure out where he's at. We'll All right. So we know why Storia works. How how is social media? I mean, even since you've been working in the last five years, it's changed dramatically. dramatically. How, how, what are you guys encouraging people to do on social media? In terms of like, what's the best bang for your buck? I mean, you should be on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all of it. It's the it's the go where your audience is. In all honesty, um, I've I've went all in on I went all in on Instagram 
probably about 18 months ago. Um, I like the way that it, I can interact with my followers. I like the way that I can reach out to businesses. The, 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 the ability to touch point from a business standpoint is, is phenomenal. There's a company called No Cow that has uh, dairy-free, gluten-free protein bars. Um, that are plant-based that I absolutely love. And I reached out to him on Instagram and said, hey, do you, are you guys do you guys have any brand ambassadors that would love to be a brand ambassador for your company? I, now, is that I, the same as influencer? Or is that, well, I guess influencers, you have influencer, to be first, Influencer right? is like the all-encompassing. Like you have, a, you have a certain amount of followers and then people reach out to you to push their product. I like to go, I mean, because I don't have the followership that a lot of people have on, on Instagram. So basically what I do is I go in the reverse. So reverse engineer, like mm-hmm. Andrew Vandermchik says all the time. So I go at brands and say, look, I already use your brand. I post your brand all the time that I'm eating your brand or, or buying your brand. Do you have any brand ambassador spots? I would love to be one of them. So no cow reaches out to me and says, unfortunately, we're not doing any, any brand ambassadors right there, right now. The conversation could have ended right there. And that and that would have been totally fine because I would have I already appreciated them for getting back to me, yeah. In in one sense, but she says we're not doing any brand ambassadors right now. But I will send you some free product. What is your address? Oh, and within, hey. Within three days, I had four bars and two of their new products, cookies that they're launching. And she said, "Tell me what you think about these." I mean that that's it doesn't take any effort. I mean obviously no cow this company is a lot larger than uh, you know a three person company. I mean they're they're mass producing, they're all over the country. So we can they're, get free food just by reaching out. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so like Wendy's. I'm so I Wendy's was wondering too. if you could be a brand ambassador. <laughs> there's there's Mel- French, Sunday? Uh, there's french fries on the way. Um, but no, it's just it's just number one your question, go where go where your followers and go where where you can interact the most with the people that if it's a business or buying from you or, or where they can get at you the easiest. So I was, I went all in on Snapchat, just like Gary Vee said back in the day, I went all in on Snapchat and grew my followership on that well up to the point that Instagram stories came along. And then once Instagram stories came along, I fell off of Snapchat. There's, there's not a good way for me to interact with brands. There's not a way if I'm hanging out with you guys that I can tag you guys. So I dropped Snapchat and went all in on on Instagram stories. It's just it's just knowing and understanding where where you want to interact the most. You know, if I if I eat a no cow bar, I can tag no cow in there and they can give me some love or they can. You know what I did with Pringles one time, and this is why I got a beef with Pringles. Okay, let's hear it. You want to hear why I got a beef? Yeah, he asked about it. He's like, "This is why." Like, so I tweeted. No, it's not Instagram, but I tweeted at Pringles. Yep. I say, "Hey." Can we get a multi-flavored? Can, like, can we get a multi-flavored can? And they 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 say yeah, that's a great idea at BP Jones 03. We'll look into it. And then like a year later, they're actually pushing this thing out. They were. They, I saw a tweet that said like they were put putting multi multi-flavored cans together. I remember that really well because there was. Are you looking for? I, for if, royalty, or are you looking? I tell you what. I tell you what. I will settle. I'd settle for a lifetime. A, a lifetime supply free of free Pringles. I don't want the money. It's not the. It's not the money. Especially okay. if I'm going vegetarian, I need more nourishment. It's true. That's I true. remember this conversation very well because we talked about what the flavor change should be. We thought we said they should launch with. Do you remember? Yeah, ranch sour cream and no, cheese. No, no, no. It was sour cream and onion. Yeah. And then cheddar and sour cream, and then cheddar. 
So there was like a perfect transition of flavors. Well, I feel like you got to throw barbecue in. in. They're, 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 we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk about. We'll revisit this and we'll. Right, we're out. talking about Pringles. Reach back out to Hashtag Pringles. Hashtag boycott Pringles. <laughs> Hashtag boycott Pringles. All right. Flavor can. All right, so let's uh, talk about Littlefield a little bit more. Sure. Um, your buddy launches this company. Like, what made him do that? So he's a Duncan's a retired um, retired PGA golfer, and so he understands back to personal branding. He understood that personal branding is where. Um, where social media and where everything was going. And obviously uh, he wanted to tell his story. So he got into photography and he's a really good photographer. So that part of his business grew. Then he understood that anytime that he was on a shoot with a brand, number one, he was, he was a photographer and there was also a videographer there. So why not be offering both opportunities? The other thing that he recognized too was when he went on to these shoots, there was no continuity between the videographer and the photographer and also not even with the brand. So therefore, like just like I said before, we should have so many meetings with our clients that there shouldn't even be any questions once we get on the day of the shoot or anytime that anybody picks up a, a camera. So basically what he did is he morphed the two together and started doing not only photography but videography. So it's, it's him and our uh, head um, videographer, Ethan, is the two that shoot our video. Um, and then Duncan will shoot photography as well. And then we also have a couple of other freelance uh, uh, photographers that are based uh, up the East Coast as well. So we have a guy in Connecticut, a guy in New York City. And then we also have a few other photographers here in Charlotte. So he wanted to, obviously he had to change the name of his company because he added videography so he didn't want to be x photography because he was doing videography as well so he llc self littlefield company um i reached out to him just because he's a buddy of mine i reached out to him in november and we just had coffee and he's like what do you what are your goals what do you want to do and i was like i, I want to continue to push content for my personal brand whether that be a funny video on instagram or serious stuff or you know last year i was doing a lot of um, ambassadorships one with a charity event called beers and burpees and another mm. with i was a, a marathon ambassador for the charlotte marathon ran my first marathon awesome Whew. um so he reached out to me we just had coffee and it kind of just manifested itself out of thin air um i realized that i wanted to continue in in the world of branding in the world of content so it's fun isn't it? it's a it's a lot of it's fun, a lot of fun. It's, it's really cool to to not only work with a good buddy which is which is awesome but number two to really sit down and have con like these kind of conversations like tell me about your brand tell me what you don't like about what you guys have been doing from a marketing standpoint tell, tell us how photography and videography can benefit your brand right now what can we tell about the story and stuff like that so we had a great meeting yesterday with another company and it just it, it kept it kept going and going and going like um well tell us about this and she's like well we're, we're in we're in this niche right now but we're looking to expand to the consumer and we're looking to expand to to more businesses and we're just like okay like First, we can tell a story about your company to begin with, but now you want to extend, extend the consumers, so now we can tell another story there. We can tell another story there. So that's basically um, 
the long-winded story of, of kind of where Little Film Company came from. And then, like I said, we um, I decided mid-December that I was going to leave my current role and take a leap of faith, follow my passion, and and really run with uh, with Duncan and with the Little Film Company. And for the, being three weeks in, we got a lot of a lot of great stuff going on. That's so awesome, excited man. for 2018. That's very cool. Hashtag level up. Hashtag level up. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna put you on the spot with a couple questions. One. Uh, What's your favorite book, or other than Gary Vee, what's some of your favorite books or resources? It's so crazy to me that you asked that, because I was like, I wonder if they're going to ask me what my favorite book is. I No joke, I said that to myself. Um, <laughs> like, out loud? No. I, was, <laughs> I think it was like brushing the teeth. I was like, oh, we're going to ask me today. You were was, like, what? <laughs> once I decided what song I was going to dance to on my Instagram prior, that was the next question. So what's, when, what's the deal with that? You do that every morning? Oh, he's got moves, man. I wish I had, <laughs> I wish I had moves like that, dude, for real. Like, like he can, like, like, he can do, no, he can do it all, man. Can, hey, break, break him off some dance moves. Maybe oh. later. Just follow him on Insta. And you'll yeah, there you go. go. There you go. Insta. At Aaron underscore Dodge for Facebook people. Um, so uh, the, the dancing story. So a friend of mine, Katie Dixon, uh, we met... Uh, she's she owns a, a fitness studio up in Cornelia. She's opening one in Dilworth soon. She, we met, we followed each other on Instagram, and then I realized that she had this cardio what they, what they call cardio dance uh, class, which is an amazing class to all the top hits or like Motown Philly all the way up to like Calvin Harris. That's like new. It's, How it's old are you, dude? Oh, you're thirty one. Thirty one. Thirty one. Yeah, yeah. Motown Philly's back again. I don't. I think the did it 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 was kind of off. Yeah, did it. It wasn't high enough. I don't think. But don't try to do it, please. Okay. Thanks. I knew it. So basically, I reached out. I once again back to Instagram on Instagram stories in the a random day in July. I decided that I was gonna dance to a certain song in my in my mirror and tag her and say. Like Katie, where are you at? I heard you have a cardio dance class. Well, she like lost it and said, "You like download the video that you made and send it to me. I'm gonna put it up on my platform or like my studio's platform and stuff like that." And that and it just like snowballed. She was like, "So I got." She's like, "I got so many comments. Like you have to like make sure you dance like again tomorrow in your and it's just like the first week it just like went off and then a lot of people from her brand started following me and like. That's funny. Man. It's 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 hilarious, and like I told you when I said like what I what I think about when I wake up is like how am I going to inspire and make people like that's exactly how it's really continued. I mean, to this day, I'll still get a message from a high school friend or a message from a college friend that lives in New Hampshire that says like every morning these make my day, and that's basically the fuel for me to to keep going. Um, I've been thinking about how to level up on on that, so we'll uh, we'll see. Can you but, add singing? Is that a possibility? Or? So I do a little bit of karaoke. Um, what's like your go-to lip, song? Lip syncing. Oh, my go-to song for karaoke. Yes. Uh, what's your fantasy by Ludacris? I would not have guessed that. And the funny thing is, I don't really need the lyrics. So my favorite karaoke bar is Eight Two O Karaoke in um, in the Music Factory. Okay. And about. A year ago when we went the first time they had that song so I so I sang it I really didn't even need to look at the screen well so it came back it came back a couple of uh, months later and they're like you know we have new regulations we're not allowed to pull songs off of YouTube anymore we got to keep whatever we have here in the queue and they didn't have it in the queue anymore because of 
maybe because of the words or something like that. So I was just like, I was like a couple months later, I was like, let's just try it out. Just play the song and I'll rap over top of it. Like I don't really need the lyrics. And so that's basically what I do. And they're like, every time I walk in, they're like, are you doing, are you doing what you're fancy tonight? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like let's, let's do it. He's doing it guys. He's doing it. He said he would do it. (laughs) All right. So do you have a favorite book or no? Or, Oh, that's what the question. Yeah. That's where we started. Uh, favorite book is They're not necessarily favorite, but just something that you felt was inspirational or motivated you or found useful. It is What You Say When You Talk to Yourself by hmm. uh, Dr. Helm. I'm going to butcher his last name. Can you Google it for me? St- yeah, Stad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stad, 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 Shad Meister. Okay. I heard that one. It's the be- in my eyes, it's the, it's the only book that you need. The, be- the, pem- the premise of it is, and I might even butcher this, but the premise of it is your mind is basically a computer and what you feed it on a day-to-day basis is basically how you're going to manifest yourself so it's what you say when you talk to yourself how are you talking to yourself on a day-to-day basis are you saying the words like i can't get up this morning or are you saying the words like i are you analyzing why things happen and are you talking to yourself so like i, I even have like a note card in front of my mirror that says good morning aaron how are you like how are you talking to yourself each day it's like it doesn't matter if when you woke up this morning, you forgot to work out. It's okay. How are you talking to yourself about that experience? Are you saying, it's okay that I didn't work out this morning, I have time. You slob. What's the matter <laughs> yeah. with you? Yeah, yeah. So Look at you. It's, it's a great book. It, it's basically saying the first couple of chapters are like, you know, motivational speakers and going to conferences where they rah-rah, blah, 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 or are pointless because when you come home, you're the only person that's really driving. It doesn't last. It doesn't last. And what are you telling yourself? What do you, whether that be out loud, you can tell yourself that verbally, you can write it down or you can think about it in your head, but whatever you're saying to yourself, your subconscious mind, every single thought that you have, it's being filed into your brain, AKA computer. And you can really see the kind of person that you are and the way that you are with either your business, your family, your relationships. It's all hell bent on what you're what you're telling it goes yourself. Back about yourself. to kind of like the law of attraction: what you put out is what you get back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's that's it's been my favorite book f- for about three years now, um, and I read it once once or twice a year just to kind of re up on on some of the things that he does. I mean, he has good examples in there about. Um, I mean, he actually has like verbatim, like like how you can motivate yourself or like if you have if you're a worrier like he literally we can on page like 199 i am not a worrier today i will focus on getting everything done that i wanted to if i don't get everything done that i wanted to i will tackle it the next day it's just like it's really that's awesome and it's and, and he's a doctor it's like his understanding of the brain is it's 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 science that's the best that's the best yeah. part about it Awesome man. You have to check it out. It's only seven bucks at Barnes and Nobles. It's I tell you, it's the best seven dollars you ever spent. I knew that. Well, Aaron, tell everybody how to get in touch with you. We gotta wrap up. Sure. Uh, way to get in touch with me is, like I said, it's my favorite way to interact with uh, with people. So I would probably say Instagram at at Aaron A A R O N underscore Dodge. Healthy dose of laughter, dancing, um, fitness. Um, like I said, it was uh, ran my first marathon uh, back in November. I'm still involved with 
with the Beers and Burpees charity, which is uh, a great charity that uh, all of their money goes back to, to, to Dream on 3, um, which is a, a nonprofit here in Charlotte. Um, so yeah, a daily dose of, of laughter, dancing, and a little bit of, a little bit of fitness. Is, What's the uh, Littlefields well. website? Uh, the Littlefields uh, website is uh, littlefield dot, thelittlefield.co. And then also um, you can find us at, on Instagram as well as awesome. at the Littlefield Co. Well, Aaron, thanks for coming on the Jones Zone, man. It's good to have you. No problem. Thanks, thanks guys. Aaron. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Jones Zone podcast with Chris and Brian Jones. We'll catch you on the next episode.